Okay. Um, today is Thursday, April 6, 2017. This is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And tonight we're discussing The Same Sky by Amanda Eyre Ward. And I'm just going to give you a little information about her. Amanda Eyre Ward was born in New York City in 1972, and she grew up in Rye, New York. She graduated from Williams College with a degree in English and American Studies. After college, she taught at Athens College in Greece and then moved to Missoula, Montana. She received her Master's in Fine Arts in Creative Writing from the University of Montana. She's written for the Austin Chronicle newspaper and several internet startup companies. She currently lives with her husband, a geologist, and their three children in Austin, Texas. Her first novel, Sleep Towards Heaven, was published in 2003 and was optioned for the movies by Sandra Bullock. Her other novels include Butte as in Beautiful, How to Be Lost, Close Your Eyes, and Forgive Me. Close Your Eyes, her fourth novel, was a Kirkus Review Best Book of 2011 and won the Elle Magazine Fiction Book of the Year. Her fifth novel, The Same Sky, was published in January 2015. The Dallas Morning News wrote, Ward has written a novel that brilliantly attaches us to broader perspectives from the angry politics surrounding border issues that, instead of dividing us, connects us to our humanity. So why don't we see what everybody thought of of this novel? Well, I'll start and say that that's exactly what I thought, what the Dallas newspaper said, that it connects us with humanity. We're thinking of human beings. Why do they want to leave their country in South America or Mexico? Uh, Because... If life is better in the United States. I, do I worry about if, if, okay, a guy does it legally and waits 10 years, he's to be commended. But I don't know the status of that person. Is he a rich doctor just waiting to come in? Is he, is he okay, but he's just put his visa you know, information in? But this was a, a, a story of poor people faith, facing death squads, facing you know, uh, gangs, horrible gangs, and so on. And I can see why. Um, and I, I, I at first was judgmental about the mother uh, a little bit, and maybe some of you will, will be, but she did what she had to do to survive, and I probably wanted to bring send money out to bring them over, but didn't do it, because I, I didn't know why she would leave her children. But I, am, I never have lived under those conditions. So I learned a great deal about humanity from reading this book. It was, I think what you said is right, Bob. I really... It was really a down-to-earth book, and I hope I can get the address of that mission down in Mexico, because that that is really something phenomenal. Yes, yes, definitely. I agree with both of you. Um, the The mission in Mexico um, you can actually locate on her website, which is amandaward.com. Um, and she does have a link to the, the mission in Mexico, which was referenced in the book and is actually a real mission. Um, the priest, I think, who walks with bodyguards is how he's referred to. Um, it was really interesting. I don't know if anybody likes to listen to author interviews, but I listened to a really interesting interview with her on a show called KUT, The Write-Up. And... Um, the way that she got interested in in this subject was she read a story that interested her, and then somebody introduced her to a woman who um, whose children go to the same elementary school as her children, and the woman was very involved in um, in um, uh, I'm, I'm not missions, but um, I can't think of the name of it, but where where children are, are sent when they they come into the country and they can't capture them. Um, and she, she actually went to a lot of these, and Amanda Ward didn't speak Spanish, but the woman who introduced her does, and she would actually translate for her, and, and she would actually sit and listen to all these children's, you know, her really harrowing stories. Um, and she did that in both Texas and also in California. She spent a long time talking to, to different uh, children who had 
these experiences and the beast which is the train that was referenced in the story is actually a real a real train and a real real situation um, I would say that I actually ended up reading this book twice and the first time I read it I wasn't as involved with Alice as I was with Carla but the second time I read it through Alice kind of grew on me um, I, I really you know started really liking her and and really empathizing with her story as well you know she she had you know she dealt with a, a horrible disease she really desperately wanted to have a child and I think she was just genuinely a nice woman um, and so I kind of grew to become very interested in her story as, as well as Carla's story as well I was just simply mentioning about this book that I liked it a lot I thought that um she writes with an easy-to-read style that gets you right from the very first few paragraphs, and she had a compelling story to tell. I also liked how uh, she had two parallel stories going on at the same time. One uh, was about Carla, and the other about Alice and her husband and I kept wondering where are these stories going to come together because I knew they would it took my second reading before I really caught on to a little hint that I missed the first time through so all in all I thought this was an excellent book this is a uh, this is Joshua. Um, I uh, I'd read the book, I'd read the book uh, once once before, and um, when I heard they were doing this book, I was like, cool, I gotta join this meeting because I read the book a couple years ago when it came out, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I I kind of had the opposite reaction to Michelle. The first time I read it, I kind of liked both. Not that I didn't like Alice's story, but I think the first time I read it, I I kind of liked both of their stories equally and uh, this time I read it I kind of think I liked Carla's um, story a little, bit, a little bit more than Alice's not that I didn't like Alice's story but um, for me although Alice had her, um, her tough times it seemed like Carla had it much 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 worse than, uh, than Alice did but I think definitely this, is an, this was an awesome choice for, uh, for this book club and and I'm uh, I'm definitely glad that uh, chose this book because there's there's definitely uh, a lot in here and uh, the writing style was great I think and this is one book with two pa- with uh, parallel uh, stories that uh, I think is actually quite easy to follow because I've heard of other books that try to do the same thing with two different stories and uh, it doesn't always work very well but this is one writer that pulled it off very very well and the reader I thought this book did a did a really really nice job the Emily uh, Pike Stewart the, she the one that read us the book she did a great job reading it I thought put a lot of emotion in and feeling into the uh, voices of the characters well help me out with Alice at first I thought she could be pretty sharp and pretty controlling I mean she kind of um, told I'm trying to remember here, but she would do things and tell Jake, "What are you going to do about it?" You know, this this is the way I'm doing it. And then she wanted Jane, who had a very happy family, who chose not to take the test, right, the genetic test, if I have it have it correctly, um, and who, um, but had a rip roaring family. And it seemed that Alice wanted to con- control them. And then you get to Jake. Did he love the reporter? And that reporter, no, he, he he loved Alice, but I felt that Alice matured, you know, and, and and did better. But at first, I thought I wanted to like her, but I Carla was head and shoulders above her. I I, I didn't have the problem of who do I like the most. Carla was way ahead of her. But uh, I I also by the end, I'm, I'm glad that Alice and Jake, I think his name is, adopted the little girl. The girl's going to have a better life and so forth. So Alice got what she wanted, but maybe she was just angry because she wasn't able to have children, or, or and she certainly tried and couldn't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't wild about the book. Uh, I, I don't really know why. I, I think maybe my blood sugar must have been down during part of it. I mean, it started out all right, I thought. It just seemed like it, uh, by the end of it, it just seemed like it was a little herky-jerky. Uh, it, it, it just didn't seem to to do it for me. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I know they hit some, some, some difficult issues and stuff, but I, I, I was a little confused about whatever happened to her brother and stuff. Did he, did he just run off or, or, or what happened with him? Cause, uh, I kind of lost track of him. And, uh, 
like I said, I, I think I may have had a, a blood sugar incident during part of this, so I, I may have, I may have faded off during part of it. But it just, it just felt like uh, the, the 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 book just didn't really come together for me. Uh, uh, I mean, it had a nice ending, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Alice and Jake were going to be able to adopt the, the the baby and stuff. But it just, I don't know, it just it kind of felt like it was kind of thrown together. But uh, hey, you know, one opinion. Thanks. Well, I think, I mean, I liked Alice a lot, and I, but I liked Carla's story better. I think it's because her story was more compelling. I mean, Alice wasn't really in any danger, so I kept wanting to get back to Carla to see if she was going to make it okay, and that's what drew me to that story more, but I certainly liked them both. Um, and Alan, um, halfway up somewhere in Mexico, J.R., um, Carla's brother had taken off to go sniff glue or something, and when they had to move on, he was nowhere to be found, and she had to make the very difficult decision of leaving him behind, which was very, very awful. But, you know, she really didn't have any choice. I kind of thought that maybe at the beginning of the book, I was thinking that maybe Alice and Jake would end up adopting Carla, which would not have been a bad thing, but it worked out quite differently. Well, I mean, certainly Carla's story is, is extremely compelling, and it was really kind of sad when she ended up, you know, making this unbelievable trip all the way to the United States, and she met her mom, and her mom, you know, they spent one really nice day together, and then she faced the reality of what her life was going to be like in the United States, and granted, it was better than it was in Honduras, where, you know, she was with her younger brother, and they were, you know, scavenging for her food, and, you know, they had no money, no resources, and nobody was looking out for them, but it wasn't that great, you know, that they ended up in a hotel room with, you know, two other families, and her mother had a new boyfriend, and she had, you know, a new sibling, and and it was, you know, it it was like, you think, well, the American dream, you know, is this the American dream? Uh, I don't know. Um, And I think what was interesting to me about Alice was um, how she, I mean, I agree with you, Bob. I think that that she had a controlling side to her, definitely. I don't know if it stemmed from the fact that, you know, she had cancer as as a young woman and it left her infertile. I I think sometimes when your life spins out of control like that, you, you do sometimes become a little bit controlling because you're trying to control the world, and, and obviously you can. But, she, I, I, you know, Jake, Jake was kind of like a very easygoing kind of guy. Um, I like the part of the story where he ended up taking Evian, the, the teenage girl, shopping for a prom dress. I was thinking, you know, this is a pretty nice guy that he would actually do that. You know, not so many guys would, would do that kind of thing. Um, and um, so Alice, Alice kind of grew on me as, as the story went along. Um, I, I felt for her more and more, you know, not only because she wanted desperately to have a child. I just thought basically she really wasn't a bad person, but certainly Carla's story obviously is, was much more compelling. Um, I th- I was pretty amazed at the end of the book when we found out that um, if you remember in the very beginning, they took a baby and put them in the trunk of the car, and it ended up being you know Junior's twin brother. And I was like, oh my god, you know, how did that happen? But that that was you know she obviously picked one child to go with her to, you know, to take, be taken to the United States, and, and this was the child. So that was a twist that I really, really didn't see see coming at all. Um, but wh- what did you all think about Carla and her younger brother, Junior? What did, what did you think of their relationship, both in Honduras and then as, as they were traveling, you know, along on the train? And this is, this is Joshua. Before, uh, Michelle, before I... Uh, um talk about Carla and Junior, I will in a second, but I just want to say, I agree with, I agree with Bob that I could definitely see the, um, how Alice did mature, because at first, I'll be honest, I thought she was kind of whiny. I mean, not not too whiny, but just, you know, I mean, of course she was devastated by her, by the how terrible that would have been if you're if you're if you think you're going to have this baby, you get the crib ready, you get the room ready, and everything. You're all you hold the baby for one night, you feed him, and the next day, uh, sorry, we got to take the baby back. That would definitely be hard to get over. But you know, I could definitely see the bit a little bit of the controlling issue there. And um, but but I got to say though, I, I do. It was nice to see to see Alice uh, mature. I, I definitely liked her. 
I liked Alice more at the end of the book more than I did at the beginning. I do agree with that. But um, Carla and Junior, their relationship, it almost seemed like, it almost seemed like in some ways, Carla needed Junior more than Junior needed Carla. I mean, it's not that Junior didn't care for Carla because he did, because he, you know, he would, you know, they, 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 you know, they kind of slept next to each other in the in their in their shack of a house, and you know, but 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 Junior, of course, when he got when he got hooked on that glue, he kind of just he kind of went off and did his own thing and did kind of whatever. And he's like, he kind of didn't really, you know, need her because, like, you know, because when because uh, when she thought that he when she was going to America, when they stopped at that mission and she found he was there, and she's like, she ran over. He's like, Junior, Junior, you're here because she she was so focused on him because she never really. Uh, it's sad because I don't think Carla really. She never really had the. Um, opportunity to become to be a child because you know she'd been watching out for junior for you know the two or th- for several years ever since her ever since her grandmother had had uh passed away and 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 and, her other, and uh, uh, junior's other brother carlos had been had been taken away by that lady to the you know united states um you know it it, it just kind of i could, i just kind of felt that when i was reading the book i thought well i mean not that junior didn't care for carla but he just was kind of um yeah that glue stuff that sounds like it totally messed you up um uh but that, that yeah that, that, that's, that's kind of you know that was kind of my that was kind of my thoughts of it you know that's just my impressions of that relationship and uh, that would that would be hard for her to have to make that choice but i i definitely don't blame her at all and if you've got the choice to leave leave your leave your life behind are you going to try to look for your brother who at this point doesn't really pretty it doesn't give a darn about you all he cares about is getting that stupid glue or whatever whatever he's doing and just kind of you know I mean, heck i mean it's kind of a no-brainer i mean as hard as it is he's kind of doing he's kind of making his own way in the world doing his own thing and i got a chance to get out of this hopefully out of this terrible existence you know she found out that the american dream was not quite as nice as she uh, like someone pointed out it was better than what she had been in had been this because she did have at least food at least but you know it could have been a lot better but um those are those are definitely my thoughts a word about alice she had cancer when she was uh, quite young and had all those scars from her mastectomies and everything and when she met met jake uh, it was so nice that he really didn't mind that and he really didn't do it but she had to live with the idea of cancer and the cancer could come back and she wasn't controlling she was concerned about her sister that's in the genes and she wanted her sister to get uh, tested so she could protect herself think of yourself if a family member or a wife a brother sister or a husband was was in danger wouldn't you do what you could to try to protect them and each time she talked to her sister she was trying to protect her it wasn't out of controlling it was wanting to help now the sister didn't want to be helped that was the thing that was beyond her control but i don't think alice was a bit like you guys think it was like you guys think she was i thought she was very concerned you know and then having a baby yanked out of uh, your arms that's like having a, a woman having a baby and uh, people coming to the hospital and taking it away against your against your will how dramatic could that be oh that was that was hard to take hard to read about that hard to think what her emotional uh problem was there and all through the book i also thought that uh she would end up adopting carla and it wasn't until the second reading that i caught what was going to happen in the middle of the book okay i'm trying to remember why i'm pressing this button i believe that she was controlling to a point okay yes i would beg members i'd get up uh we lost you bob Bob, I think you're. We lost you there. Maybe he'll come back. That was a tough read, though. I to stick with it. I, you knew bad things were going to happen, and they all did. Did and and I, I apologize. I, I must have just been uh, smoking something myself during during this uh, book. 
Did they explain at the beginning when they took Carlos away where they were taking him? Because I, I was confused the whole time. Uh, I guess I, I, I wasn't realizing that was him at the end there when she got back to when she got to Austin. And uh, I, I guess I missed that. Did, did they explain it? And I, I'm just struck at how how young these kids have to grow up. Because wasn't Junior like six years old, sniffing that glue and stuff? I, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. Yeah, I think we all have a, have a hard time when we were reading about what these 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 children not not even teenagers, children actually went through. Um, I remember in the beginning of the story that the coyote came and took a baby and put it in the trunk, but I didn't realize that it was Carlos. And and the only way that I ended up realizing it is at the end of the story, she meets her brother Carlos in the hotel room, and there he is. He's playing video games, and, you know, she's thinking about what she had to go through in Honduras. So you saw sort of the contrast, not that their life was so wonderful in, in Texas, but certainly a lot better than, than it was in, in Honduras. Um, I thought that Carla was, was really, really caring towards her brother. I mean, I think she needed her brother, and her brother needed her. And, you know, certainly, I mean, she was like 10 and he was 6, and she was, the grandmother died, and she was in charge of everything. Um, and I, I liked her relationship with Umberto, um, her, I guess, her boyfriend, who was like the same age as her. I kind of hoped that somehow they would they would end up being uh, together. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I heard her this author talk on, on this uh, author interview, and she mentioned that she actually has a whole epilogue that they cut from the book. And I've been very tempted to write to her and ask her if I could read the epilogue, because I would really like to know what happened to all of the different characters um, you know, later on and, and, and see what happened. Um, wh- what did you all think about Alice and how she dealt with Evian? I, I thought that was a really interesting part of the story. I don't know if it was necessary for the book, but it was, you know, I, it was, I, I thought it was a really kind of complicated relationship, and Alice sort of got, you know, drawn into Evian's world very, very quickly, and I, I wondered what you thought about that, that relationship as well. Um, I wanted to say that I agree with LaDon. I didn't find Alice particularly controlling either. Um, I thought since Jake was kind of laid back, maybe she ran the business on a more day-to-day basis than he did. Um, I also thought she was maybe a bit out of her league with Ebion and didn't know how to deal with her in terms of like letting her move in and, and just jumping when Ebion, you know, said jump. And, and she also just dashed off to see her sister when her brother-in-law said, you don't have to come. And so she was a little bit impulsive, but I just, you know, I didn't find that too unusual. I hope Bob's back because I was going to comment on something he said earlier about um, everybody's mom in the United States. I found myself struggling not to be too judgmental either. I'm thinking, you know what, you had another baby when you have two kids in Honduras that you're barely supporting. I, I had a little bit of a problem with that. Not that I would have wanted her to have an abortion, but I would have perhaps wanted her to not have a boyfriend that she um, didn't use birth control with. Um, as far as what you said, Alan, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was Carlos when that coyote took the baby because I thought they talked about Jr. and Carla being upset that they took him and they didn't know where that they were taking him and stuff. So I thought it was him. And I forgot at this point what Michelle asked. Oh, um, Al. Um, Alice and Evian, yeah, it, I didn't think she handled her in the best way. But, you know, she wasn't used to being a parent of a teenager, and she did what she thought was best. And it, at least Evian had some support from someone, and that worked out in the end. Yeah, this is, yes, I, I, I definitely do. Um, that definitely was interesting. I, I, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe the author put... Maybe the author put um, the situation with Evian in there because the the, the, prince, the, the Mar- Margaret, the uh, principal, um, asking to kind of look after Evian just because. Um, I mean, there obviously was a reason why the principal thought of thought of you know Alice. Um, could have been a per- like I said, you definitely could tell that she was a little out of her depth. She's like, do you mind? Do you mind if we go to the mall? She was like, sure, well, whatever you want to do. She was. You could definitely tell she was very eager to help Evian, but of course she didn't exactly know how and. I think in some ways Evian may have taken a little bit advantage of Alice, um, of of Alice, because you know Jake, you could kind of tell Jake was getting a little, getting a little irritated um, with, uh, with, um, 
don't know if it was. I don't know if it was the attention that that um, Alice was paying to Evian, but you know when when Jake when Alice said you know she's staying in and Jake's like you know she's not going to stay very you know, she, she she's going to be gone but gone gone by the time I'm back from from uh, escorting Lane you know doing some stuff with Laney but but of course but of course Evian it was like as I mean she she was there but she kind of like for for the couple weeks ago that she, or so that she stayed with Alice she kind of she kind of you know she kind of did her own thing she came in and left kind of when she wanted, you know, because, you know, that one time Alice came home and her and her boyfriend, Sam, they, 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 they were making out, and she was like, break it up, you know, but um, but it definitely did seem like um, that, uh, you know, and kind of in the end, Evian kind of got some things together, because, you know, that I thought that was very very nice when, <laughs> when Jake, it was very nice, I thought, when Jake uh, went to uh, help to get Evian that, that dress for the, for the homecoming dance, and it was nice of him to Nice of him to offer their the, the bar their barbecue place. Um, personally, I'm a, I'm a big barbecue fan, so I thought it was I I actually found that um, the discussions about the different woods and how they did the different meats. I personally I personally thought that stuff was interesting. Some people may not, but I mean I've never had barbecue at a real. Well, I did once, but I would love to you know try a real authentic place that does nothing but barbecue. That would definitely be pretty. Pretty cool to see how, because uh, I'm a big uh, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce fan. I love Sweet Baby Ray's. It's ex- barbecue sauce can be expensive, but um, anyway, um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely it was definitely interesting. Um, and uh, as far as that one, uh, yes, I, I did know that it was that it, that it was Carlos who was leaving because 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 uh, Carlos was like, where you where you do where you, where are you taking Carlos? Where's he going? And Junior was kind of looking on too to see what was going on with. The junior was like Carlos, dude. Junior kind of didn't want uh, Carlos to leave either. So I, I definitely knew at the beginning of the book that it was that it was Carlos that had been uh, put in that trunk. When I heard he was getting put in that trunk, I'm like, uh, this kid's in a trunk with the lid closed. And I'm thinking, uh, I hope to God he can breathe in there. I was like, oh, that's yeah. But um, yeah, those are uh, my thoughts. Yes, uh, you guys are. Just- told me about something I didn't know. I didn't know that was the same uh, child that was put in the trunk. When they put the child in the trunk and took him off, I thought they had sold him. I thought he was going to be adopted by somebody and they had sold him. But now, uh, when Alice, uh, Avion was taking advantage and um, she was an out-of-control uh, teenager when the story takes place, and she didn't have much of a of a mother to control her or anything, so she was completely used to getting her own way, and so did, she did. But when Alice was um, first walking uh, to the high school to see uh, what the teacher wanted her to help uh, out some of the students, maybe, the way she described the, the the conditions walking there with rough ruffians and everything. I thought, well, this didn't sound a whole lot different than Honduras, and it wasn't like the Austin, Texas that I know. And if you want barbecue, come on down to Texas. Yeah, I thought the barbecue stuff also, Joshua, was really interesting as well. Um, where I live in the first or second week in June, they always have something called the Big Apple Barbecue. And it's it's outdoor at one of the parks here, and they have trucks that drive from different places. Some come from Kansas City, some come from Texas, um, from uh, Tennessee, different, you know, a lot of them are pretty big restaurants down there. They're not like the little kind of places. They're pretty large places. And they come, and what you do is you stand on these really, really long lines, and um, each place offers a different thing, like one place offers brisket and one place offers ribs and whatever. And you stand on long lines, and then when you get to the front, you can buy a little dish of, of whatever it is that each place is offering. And, you know, if you want to, you could go to every single truck. I mean, it depends, you know, it depends how hungry you are and how much money you have. Um, the only thing I don't love about it is it's usually very hot in the beginning of June, and there's no place to sit, so you have to eat standing up. But, you know, that's okay. But you get to try all these really wonderful barbecue uh, restaurants from all around the country, which I really like. Um, and I, I agree with you, LaDonna. I also thought the baby was going to be sold. I didn't I didn't realize till the very end that it was uh, Carlos. I thought that they were just taking the baby and, and, and whatever and selling. Um, 
one of the things that I found really, really interesting about the story was how much uh, faith um, Carla had. Like, she really believed that God was watching out for her and that God was taking care of her and that everything was going to work out and God had a plan for her. And I thought that must be wonderful to be in as difficult a situation that she was in and yet have such strong faith because I don't know how you would endure it really any other way. So I found that that really very moving um, that she had such a strong faith um, and that she really believed despite, you know, a lot of evidence to the contrary that she was really being being taken care of. Um, and I also wondered um, if this novel made you see the issue of illegal immigration in any different way than, than you did before. Yes, I was wondering if uh, the president read this book. Would he be able to send that girl back home knowing all he did? And the second time reading through... Uh, that beast, uh, uh, they didn't get on a train. They got on the train, on the top of the train, and was riding on top of the train. Oh, my goodness, I can hardly uh, visualize it. But then uh, Carla gets raped on the on the top of the train. And my second t- reading through the book, that's when I caught on when um, how, how the two stories were going to come together. But the first time I read the book, I kept thinking that uh, Alice would adopt Carla, everything would turn out uh, really great. But um, then when she got raped on the train, then I said, oh, yeah, that's the way it's going to read. Because as I was reading the book, I knew I had read this book before. But the f- story so interesting and kept unfolding in front of me, and I couldn't exactly uh, remember how how it ended. So it was an adventure reading it the second time. And at the end of the book, when Carla is writing her uh, letter to be accepted in college, told you what the united states had given her she has to suffer a lot she has to live in that one little hotel with a bunch of other people but she does have the opportunity to uh expand and become uh, a real productive citizen of this country someone that we would all love and like to know and i just wonder could any of us send her back yeah, I don't think the president reads books, so it's not going to happen. Um, I see Bob's back, so I'll make this quick. Um, I don't understand why they put the baby in the trunk. I mean, if they're trying to hide a baby, that baby's going to be screaming his head off in that trunk, and it's going to be really noticeable. So what was the point? I mean, you might as well have him up front with you and pretend like he's yours. Yeah, that was interesting. I'm sorry my mic came apart here. Uh, let's talk about faith. That's what many uh, in South America and Mexico, they will crawl up to the Virgin Mary statues or to the church. The churches are marble, they're gold, they're beautiful, and everybody's starving around them. And they crawl up there because all they have is their faith. If you take that away from them, life is horrible. They have to believe in an afterlife, that it's going to be better and Carla did. You're right. Hang on to her faith. I have a friend. Uh, we were commenting, why did our other friend have to die so young? And she says, I don't know. Can you explain it to me? I asked her. And she says, no, but I know I have my faith. God must have had a reason. Well, that's a tough one because um, I didn't get it. Uh, you know, I was really upset. Uh, but uh, it's beyond me, perhaps. Uh, I like that she wrote the essay to get into school. That's what it's all Another book you may want to read is A Beautiful World about Sonia Sotomayor and how she rose from Puerto Rican family from Puerto Rico and became a justice of the Supreme Court. They didn't hand it to her. She had to earn her way. And every step of the way, you think she'll never get into Princeton. She'll never do this. Uh, being a woman, being a Latina, uh, but she made it. And Carla, uh, I'm sure, uh, uh, will be a credit to the world. And Sadly, we tend to make it, pardon the pun, but black and white. We say those awful rapists and murderers are letting them in. But there are many good people, uh, like my cleaning lady, who 35 years ago uh, came in through San Diego. The coyotes took her money and left them in the middle of the desert. And Americans helped them. And she came in, and thanks to Ronald Reagan, with the um, 
the uh, pardon that he gave, I'm, I'm not, that's not the correct word, but uh, that he gave, he said, okay, you guys have two years to get your citizenship under Simpson, but it's only bill that Reagan signed. Uh, she got her citizenship. All her kids have gone to college. They're a credit to this country. This is, a, this is Joshua. That is, is interesting that uh, Carla, you know, I thought that was very interesting that uh, Carla mentioned, mentioned God. And I think, I mean, you would definitely have to have faith. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't have faith, uh, you know, in, in God, I don't see how you could, you could get through, I mean, the just terrible situations. I mean, I just cringed when I read about, you know, these kids, these, you know, children going through, going, going to, going to, you know, just these garbage heaps and trying to find, um, trying, trying to find money to, or trying to find garbage that they could sell to people to get, you know, uh, like, like 50 cents or whatever. They thought that was a, gr- a great day's work to try to, try to get the meals on how, I mean, how unsanitary. I, mean, I just can't think of all the terrible, I mean, you could get terrible diseases from trying to, uh, you know, pick through and not having, not having any gloves or any kind of masks or any, anything to protect yourself, which is terrible. Um, but, um, really quick, if you're, I mean, I I read, I read two books, I read a book, I read this book, The Same Sky, um, and then after I read The Same Sky, there's a there's a book on Bard that I recommend. It's I forget the DB number. It's not called the, it's called Under the Same Sky, not the same sky like this one, but Under the Same Sky. It's by Cynthia De Felice, and um, it's it's not quite as grim as this book because you know it it, it um, uh, Under the Same Sky deals with this uh, young boy who um, his dad is a large farmer and he has uh, uh, immigrants who. Uh, Help harvest his uh, his crops and work in his fields, and uh, this young boy is a teenager, thirteen, fourteen. He wants this thing like three or four thousand dollar dirt bike, and his dad's like, "You want this bike? You're going to have to work for it and earn it." So this young boy, throughout the course of the story, really learns the value of work, and he becomes to be, becomes friendly with these uh, immigrants. So uh, if anyone wants a uh, read another book about. Uh, 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 my, migrant workers and in, in, in this other book's case uh, I really recommend uh, Under the Same Sky by Cynthia DeFelice it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very good book yeah I, I agree with you Bob the book uh, by Sonia Sotomayor was, was very very moving um, she, she really tells an incredible story because she, she's a diabetic and she was just very very lucky that her family doctor got her hooked into this um, university where they were doing all this progressive work about childhood diabetes because she otherwise, you know, her disease would not have been under very good, good control. And she grew up in a pretty poor neighborhood. Um, and she, you know, caught some breaks, I think. I mean, she was very driven, but she certainly caught some breaks along the way. I remember when she was talking about how she, she went to, I think she went to Yale, and how she went to the interview for, um, and how intimidated she was, you know, because she walked in and she didn't think she had the right clothes and she didn't look the right way, and she had to go by herself because her mother was working and couldn't go with her, and, you know, she had to do this all on her own. And when she finally went to the school, um, she talked about how they have programs there where they have students who will kind of, you know, get you indoctrinated into this culture because it's so different, you know, a lot of times from from the background that you were from. So she's, she's a very, very impressive woman, and she certainly went through a lot of obstacles. Um, there were some parts of this book that were so moving to me. Um, I agree with you, Joshua, the part where they're describing about how she would go through the garbage dumps and she would look for food that was just slightly spoiled instead of completely spoiled, and the way that they were living it, it was it was terrible i mean it was really terrible the journey that they took um the way that they traveled they would jump on the trains as the trains were moving and i could just picture this this young girl being on the train car with all of these grown men and what a horrible situation you know that was how how terrible it was and it turned out to be a terrible situation um I, I would say the most moving part of the story for me was the part where she explains, uh, you know, as everybody mentioned at the end, why she gave up her child for, for adoption. Um, 
I was never in a situation where I bore a child and had to give it up for adoption. But had I had I been in that situation, I I think reading that particular part of the book, I would have been so so um, moved and 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 felt like it was really the right decision because obviously you know we're looking at it saying she's 12 years old. Of course, she should give up her child for adoption. But you know, I, it's a hard decision I think for for anyone to do that. Um, and she, you know, she would maybe never see her child again. And even though the child was conceived under terrible circumstances, still, you know, this was her child. And she, she gave it up and she, she offered the child a much better life. And I think it's something that's easy to think about in theory, but in practice maybe is not the easiest thing to do. So I was really, really moved, actually, about that part of the story. I would say the one thing I didn't love about this book was the title, I thought the same sky, oh, you know, is it the same sky in Texas that it is in Honduras? I don't know. So that was the one part of the story I thought maybe it could have used a better title. Yes, um, Carla did have a deep faith in God, but she had her moments of doubt. Where was he when such awful things were happening? Where was God when she was being raped on, on the top of the train? Her faith overcame, but... She did. She did have those doubts, like we all, we all may do. And um, oh, there was something else I wanted to say. You you were just talking about that, but I now it slipped out of my mind. Oh yeah, uh, the bombing has just started in Syria. Oh my gosh. Uh, but that's what life is all about, Ladon, as you know. Oh, uh, bumps and bruises, and you say, where's God? Why did he make, why, why did he or she make this happen? Well, I don't know who made it happen. It happened. And do you have the faith or something to drive you to overcome it? And it's hard. Yeah, you can sit here and talk about it. But uh, Carla, remember her mother wanted her to keep the baby. And Carla knew the baby would live in poverty forever. And sniff glue like Junior. She, how can a twelve-year-old mother? Uh, the mother couldn't even mother Carla, let alone the you know the baby having a baby. And she made this terrible decision. It was. And there goes. And the way the author wrote it, Alice. They smiled, or I think she smiled at Alice or something. Uh, and Alice was carrying her baby out the door and uh, to a, a probably a great life. But Carla kept going apparently and wrote this essay to go to college. And uh, the author really turned that and made it. She turned it around. She, she tied it up beautifully. I also thought the end of the book was done really well with that uh, with, with that application for the college uh, or the university. It uh, was, I thought, artistically done and very satisfying at the end because we thought the good things are going to happen for Carla. The good things are going to happen for Alice. The good things are going to happen for Carla's baby. So, an epilogue, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was wrapped up pretty good. Yeah, you, you actually anticipated, Laton, what I was going to ask. I was going to say, how do you think everything turned out for everybody? I was very optimistic about Carla's future. I, I really was. Um, but I still think that, you know, the experience of losing her brother in Mexico and and everything that she went through to, to get here, I still think that's something that, you know, is going to stay with her, her forever. Um, I thought maybe she might end up being like a lawyer or a social worker or something like that. I, I didn't know. And I thought Alice, you know, I thought Alice and, and Jake would have taken care of the baby really well. And I think that they would have, you know, came together as a family. Um, so I, I, I had good feelings. I thought that the story, you know, when it goes on, I, I thought that it would, you know, it would, it would all be very, you know, better, good, good news for everybody. Uh, this is Joshua. I think it is. I think it is nice when you read a story that has, that has kind of a happy ending, you know, because some books, some books you read, uh, fiction books, you don't have happy ending. But to me, to me, I always say personally that that if I read a book. And I actually care about the characters. I want to know what now what's going to happen. I mean, you, I could. I mean, this is the book. I mean, you, you had to know what you know. Things for Carla kept getting you know worse and worse. You know, you hear the you know you hear the expression. You know, you know, you know, you know the, the, the you know the darkest hour is just before the dawn or whatever. You know, you you know uh, you know uh, it's like you know things things uh, you know were were very bad for her. But it, but in the end, I mean, in I mean in 
in spite of her having to give up her baby, at least, I mean, I think it's great that Carla had the, you know, had the uh, foresight and the knowledge to know, hey, look, as hard as it is for me to give up my baby, at least I know that by doing so, I will be giving my child a better future, a much better life than I possibly than I could. I mean, I mean, you know that you know that she would have, you know that she would have kept her baby if she could have, if she could have, you know, felt that she could have given it, you know, you know the, uh, you know the, the kind of life that it deserved. I think it took Carla a lot of uh, courage or a lot of faith to actually, you know, to, to make that decision. I need to give up my, to give up my, my child. But I am definitely glad too that it ended. You know, um, because Alice, you know, she desperately wanted a child, and all the money that she'd spent on, you know, treatments and and uh, and things and whatnot, and you know, trying to, uh, you know, get have people, uh, you know, do whatever she could do, uh, surrogates or whatever, and it just didn't work out that she was able to, that she was the one to, uh, you know, have this child that she always wanted for, and by having the child, she would have ultimately helped Carla out because. Alice and Jake will be able to give Carla's daughter, you know, the life that uh, Carla wanted for her that could be better in some ways than her own life. I uh, wondered, but uh, the book is certainly better without the epilogue, I think, possibly, whether you could put a sequel to this, like Ken Follett, of what happens with the next generation and so on. But that was quite a jump from uh, school right into the university like that. So I hope she makes, she must be bright like so... So, so Maiora, who is, must have been brilliant. Um, okay, I'm trying to remember what I wanted to say here. The father. Could somebody explain Alice's father? Uh, I guess she did get a little closer, but she came to see him. Hadn't seen him for three years or something, or I don't know. She went to the farm, and he just, he, oh, at the, it was at the airport. He picked her up, or, but he just ignored her. He just, okay. And, and she says, well, hello to you, too. Well, can somebody explain him a little more? I know the mother died, and maybe that threw him for a loop. Um, but I, I didn't get a real... Uh, and I thought the... Well, I may not get another chance. I thought the school principal was outstanding. Just great. Uh, and and once she learned what Alice is going through with this girl, wasn't it at the coffee shop they met or something? And, and she said, you got to get rid, you got to get her out of your house. You're getting too close here. And she's taking advantage of you. But she also appreciated the kind things Alice did, but she was Miss Tough Girl with the gangs. But explain the father to me, Alice's father, if somebody could. Alice's father, you know, I, I, guess, I guess he was probably just kind of a quiet guy. Um, you know, he's in a house with his wife and his two daughters. And as you said, maybe he was thrown, you know, really for a loop when, when his wife passed away. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, 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 some people, my father wasn't that talkative, to be honest. I could picture, you know, going to see him and, you know, we would say a few things and eat together and whatever. But I, I don't know that always every man is so in touch with his feelings and whatever. So he, he seemed okay to me. He se- it seemed like it was okay. And her sister, you know, she lived a different life. She just didn't want to know. Um you know, it's a hard decision sometimes to, to face these, these life-threatening decisions, as, as everybody knows who read, you know, the other book about Huntington's disease. So it's, it's I can kind of see it from, from both points of view, definitely. Um, but I will say with this book, I mean, the characters in this book definitely have stayed with me. Like, I, I can remember all their names, and I have a, an image about all of them and whatever. And I think she did the characters really well. The story... I mean, the story was, Carla's story was incredibly moving. Um, but I think even beyond that, I think the characters, I think, are, are, are really, really vivid characters here. Well, I think we should have seen some more Pete. I like Pete the best, the, the Bernese Mountain Dog. So he kind of had a, a, a brief introduction and then just kind of disappeared. But uh, he was my favorite. Pete the Dog. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what about Umberto? Wasn't Umberto a hope for her? There, there's another one, you know, you, you hope he survived in Honduras and it wasn't killed, or, uh, but she could go to him, she could see him and say goodbye, you know. And uh, I thought he was okay. He didn't sniff glue. He knew what Junior was doing, uh, but he, let's hope he avoided gangs. I'm just, you know, because he, he kind of fades out. And I, I thought she might, he might go with her 
also, but he did not. I suppose the father was uh, a little in shock about the death of his wife, but I gave him very little thought. He's such a minor character to me in the book at all. But Roberto, you do wonder about him, but his life can just be misery. We can see what his life was like. We could see it was not going to be much improved. He would meet another girl down there. They would uh, marry. They would have a bunch of children. And the the life of poverty would just go on and on and all. That was all Roberto had to look forward to. And he was lost to her. She, they will never, never even in a sequel would ever get in, in touch again. That she, Roberto is just lost and that squalor in Honduras and nothing that anyone can do about it. Yeah, the whole Umberto thing was pretty sad. Um, it would be nice to think that his he somehow managed to escape or do something, but you're right, Ladon, it probably would have worked out. And Alan, I agree, a story is always enhanced by a dog or a cat as a pet. Wasn't Umberto's brother killed and Umberto became sort of the man of the family and he was taking care of his brother's girlfriend and then his brother, they had had a child and then he had his mother also. So I I didn't think Umberto, anybody was going to let him go. Um, He was a really, really sweet boy and I really liked the romance between Carla and Umberto. Um, But I think it takes a pretty tough person, a pretty strong person to to walk from Honduras to, you know, they don't know where they're going. It's not like they have an iPhone with a GPS on it, you know. I mean, how do they even know what direction to even go in? So um, it's, 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 you have to be a really, I think you have to be a pretty tough person or maybe a person who just believes so strongly that, that God is watching out for, for them that they're willing to take the chance. So I don't think it's something that everybody can do. I mean, the circumstances are desperate enough that you can understand why. Um, and I, I agree with what Bob said earlier. I think my personal feeling is most people that are trying to get into the United States are not bad people. They're people that are just leaving really, really desperate circumstances, and they just want to have some way to, to make some money to make give themselves some opportunity because they just don't have any opportunity where they are. I know that we can't take everybody here, but I certainly can understand the, the motivation. I mean, I feel like the one place that everybody in the world always wants to come to is the United States because it really is a place that people see as, as a land of opportunity, but also it's such a, a, a melting pot because there's, there's so many different groups here that I think it's different than many other countries around the world where there's more you know, more homogeneous populations often. So um, I, I certainly can understand why people want to come to the United States, that's for sure. One person we haven't mentioned is um, Ernesto, who took Carla and J.R. North. Um, I was afraid he was going to end up raping Carla, but she did help him, and so he had some loyalty to her, which was good. And he did a good job of getting them up north. He clearly had done it a number of times and knew what to do. And that was kind of interesting that there are people who just go back and forth and do that full time. Oh, yeah. Ernesto was a major character. And when you talk about God, well, he was regarded an angel in his own way. Uh, and he, how did he end? Did he just, did he walk away? Did he just, I can't remember. And then the way she got money to, um, the way she got out with that guy, you remember he said, I, I guess I'll meet you and, I'll, and then run and jump in the car. And they went to the motel, which is a little, I guess they knew where the mother was, but what a story. You know, people are untrustworthy. They could take the money and run and all this stuff. And she would get out. But Ernesto was a special. He was okay. He knew how to deal with it. He knew, he knew the system. He knew how to do it. Yeah, I like the story, actually, of how she met Ernesto, that he was at her house and he had been injured. And it was an interesting way to bring him into the story. Um, I, I know we're coming up upon the hour. So, um, I, Ruth Ann, I just wanted to ask you if, if you had read the book and if you wanted to say anything about it. And then uh, Sherry and I could, could tell everybody about our next book. Go ahead. I read some of the book, yes, but it, it was kind of happening. She was kind of sick then. Otherwise engaged, if you know what I mean. 
but uh, I did read, uh, you know, I did find it to be a very good book. And, and I, uh, I really enjoyed it. And we liked the division, Alice, Carla. Naturally, I wanted Carla. It was more exciting. But Alice was good, too. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. I, I just wanted to give you a chance. I, I know I, I'm happy to hear that, that you're feeling a little bit better. And uh, certainly everybody wishes you a very, very speedy recovery. Um, so our next book, we're going to meet um, the first Thursday of the month, which I think is May 4th. Um, is the next time that we're meeting. And we're going to be talking, um, we're going to be reading a book. We actually read this author a couple of years ago. Um, her name is Ann Patchett, P-A-T-C-H-E-T-T. And her latest book is called Commonwealth. Um, and it's a, it's a story of actually about her own, it's a novel, but it's actually a story about her own family, um, how she grew up and about her, her, the way that her family was. And there's a lot of characters in it. It's kind of like a big family and there's a lot going on. Um, the book that we read a couple of years ago was called State of Wonder. Uh, probably some of you have, have read that story. Um, she's a really good author and she actually, she's very well known because she runs um, an independent bookstore. I believe in Nashville called Parnassus Books. So she's she's actually a pretty well known person. I think even more so because of the the bookstore. So the book is called Commonwealth, and her name is Anne A N N, and her last name is P A T C H E T T. And the DB number for that is eight six two one seven. I put that information up in the chat window, and I also accidentally put something I was when I was trying to record, so ignore that. But the title, author, and the DB number, 86217, is up in the chat window. And Jerry, please send me your recording for obvious reasons. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, first of all, let me – I want just want to – Sherry and I just want to thank everybody for coming tonight. And I was just going to ask um, Alan and Ruthann and Don if you just want to mention the books for your groups that are coming up next. Uh, yes, Bob, I will send you the recording. Okay, Ruthann. Okay. And the other Einstein. Okay, the book we are reading it for Novel Ideas is called The Other Einstein. And uh, I forget the name. I the author. The author. I know that – Benedict, something Benedict, I think. But anyway, it's a story of uh, Einstein, uh, Albert Einstein, who we all know. But more and about his book, wife. But it really was about his wife right. and how he treated fell in her. love with her and how he tried to, uh, tr- how he treated her. And it, 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 was, it was an interesting book. I don't know that I would read it again, but it was a very interesting book. And it showed the plight of women in right. 1905, 1900, right. and the plight of men, what men uh, control, controlling men. Anyway, it was, it was okay. It was good. Uh, Worlds of Books is reading uh, The Midnight Plan of the Repo Man, uh, DB80722. By Bruce W. or W. Bruce Cameron. Thanks. And I read that book, and I wish I could be there, but I think we're going to apply if Ruth Ann's feeling up to it. It is hysterical. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, said, I said, that doggone Alan, he really picked one, and you, you want to read it, and it, yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh. <clears throat> On May the sec- second, we will be reading. Uh, Ike's Bluff, uh, and something about saving the world. I'm sorry about it. It caught me by surprise here, but it's by Evan Thomas. He's an excellent writer. We've read, I think, other books by him, and I was working on it. And he really gives a human aspect to the book uh, uh, about Ike and his illnesses and his personality and his temper. He wasn't a mean guy like Johnson, but he did have a temper. And um, I think he's a very good reader, and it's an enjoyable read. Great. A lot of good things coming up. Well, thanks, everybody, for attending. And, Joshua, I wanted to say, since we're done here, is that I love Sweet Baby Ray's, too. And I lived in Chicago, and there used to be a restaurant. Sweet Baby Ray had his own restaurant also, but I'm not sure if it's still there. And I have to give Mickey the credit for picking the Midnight Man 
Repo Man. She's the one that picked that one. So uh, I hope it'll be funny. I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed the conversation tonight. Since we're done, guys, I just wanted to let everyone know who's still here that uh, I am totally looking forward to, in a couple weeks, guys, I'll be getting my very own 32-cell Braille Note Touch. I am so looking forward to that. That device sounds like it's going to be totally uh, interesting, and um, I, uh, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Good luck with it, Joshua. I hope it works out well for you.